All right, good morning. Sorry, good afternoon. Don't have my morning classes today, but I have my afternoon classes, so I'm heading out there at 10 after 1 as opposed to uh, 9.20 usually. So I'm heading out there 10 after 1 way out to the kindergarten and uh, yeah what's going on with you guys uh, it is still hot it is uh, what is the uh, date here July 20 something something July come on 27th July 27th this is a Wednesday afternoon Weather is uh, overcast a little bit, a little bit of blue sky peeking in here or there. We had a big rain yesterday, a real big rain. It was so big that I had to get out my uh, new rain jacket that I bought. We uh, went hiking a month or so ago and I bought a new rain jacket to take along just in case and I didn't end up using it, but I ended up using it yesterday and I took it out and come to find out there's a spot that the waterproofing is failing in uh, right between the shoulder blades basically and so I took it back up I had my receipt and it's only been about maybe five or six weeks since I bought it something like that six seven weeks anyway so I went back uh, took a picture of the where the waterproofing was failing so I knew it might be dry by the time I got there so took a picture showed him I think you kind of see on the jacket as well where the waterproofing had failed and then uh, by my picture. So they, uh, yeah, replaced it free of charge. You know, it's not really free of charge. You got to go up there and take your time and your gas money to go up there and do it. But anyway, I ended up getting the, uh, the color I had wanted when I went the first time, but they were out of in my size. So I ended up getting the color I wanted uh, originally, which is great. And uh, yeah, so got that taken care of, which was good. And uh, ended up going to Costco and get some things for dinner. And we had some burgers last night. And yeah, it's just just my life, my life. I've been playing a lot of chess lately. Uh, yeah, so we're just about, I don't know, I'd say a third through the school year. Uh, we're hitting summer break at the university soon. That starts next week. So we'll be off about, I don't know, probably total of seven weeks before we come back. And I am in the uh, middle of preparing for my concert, which is gonna be coming up in September, the day before we go back to school. Um, yeah, really, really into that. So last week, I may have talked about this last week, actually. Uh, I talked about I found a new song. I think it was last Tuesday when I discovered it. And I've since memorized it this week. So I've got that song memorized called uh, Besame Mucho, which is a Spanish song from Mexico. I mean, Spanish language. Um, from Mexico and it's man it's been a great song I've enjoyed singing it all week and uh, it's really spoken to me quite a bit um, yeah so what's going on with you guys in the news uh, the uh, January 6th um, 
hearings are uh, of course underway and a lot of people are suspecting that Trump uh, may be indicted somewhat soon possibly uh, I don't know how I feel about that I'm not really one for uh, supporting the practice of incarceration for nonviolent crime so I'm not I'm not sure I would want Trump to be incarcerated but um, and you know quite frankly what he did uh, to me so many politicians in the past have attempted or tried and it's kind of one of the ways that politics is done so I'm not even sure how to fault him for what he tried to do um, the fact that it may or may not have been against the Constitution of the United States that he did that, that he was, you know, acting in, against the laws of America, that's one thing. But, but to me, you know, politics is always going to go the direction of, of trying to get every advantage and, and, uh, and taking advantage of every situation as much as possible. And that that is always going to uh, have to do with pushing the boundaries and and uh, really walking the line between uh, legal and illegal. Um, and actually, you know, to make changes for, for governments that have gone awry, I think illegal activity is always always required to overturn them. Uh, unless, unless you're talking about, you know, the slow route of, of elections, right? Free and fair elections. Uh, you know, that's one of the way that we change re regimes now. That's the legal way to do it. Uh, but, you know, sometimes the whole thing is rotten and there may be no other uh, recourse but to illegally overthrow a government in some cases um, and in those cases I think there's more of a a an international international is the wrong word a a natural law that comes into play right there there there, there are certain uh, moral standards that I think uh, almost all people live by and when when a country has become immoral to the point of being, uh, you know, against its own citizens, I can see where citizens would uh, rise up and maybe have to do some illegal things in able to protect uh, the weakest of their society. Um, I could see that happening. Uh, I, I would never condone violence to make it happen. Violence to me is is not the way uh, to get anything done in a good way, right? It's not a good way to get anything done. We've talked about this, and violence or, or the threat of violence as a bankrupt means of conflict, conflict resolution. Um, and I, I still hold to that. Uh, I'm just trying to talk about how things usually play out, uh, and that is some violence and some non-violence and all of it working together to bring about change and that's how uh, it has most often happened in the past.
Excuse me. Man, it's been a long morning. Long morning. Been working on stuff. My hands were so covered in printer ink just a, about a half hour ago. So we have a printer that has decided to stop working and the, the um, what do you call it, the pop-up menu uh, says that the reservoir, the ink, ink absorbers, ink absorption sponges are all full and therefore it won't work, it won't run. So I took the printer apart, took all the ink sponges out, rinsed them, washed them, uh, did everything I could to, to get those um, uh, out of ink and it was a messy job man. I used gloves for the first uh, first part of it where I took most of the ink out but then I forgot to put them back on and I was still handling stuff and of course printers inside are just inky everywhere and so anyway eventually I got kind of uh, my fingers were all purple basically so I had to well, I had to take a shower anyway, so I jumped in the shower. But before that, I'd scrubbed my fingers like crazy with soap, and I still didn't get 100% of it. I even had it on my neck and splashed around the sink, and you know, that stuff's nasty. Printer ink is really something. Anyway, I did that, plus I fixed a, a, a door of our pantry this morning. That took about half hour to an hour. And, yeah just been going at it like crazy but I did play a few games of chess this morning too while I was waiting for things to dry and whatnot so it wasn't too bad of course this this day is not going to be as long as uh, as long as my usual Wednesday so I get the morning off the morning off I spent probably working harder than I usually work when I work <laughs> if that makes any sense uh, anyway but the concert's starting to come together. I have some decisions I need to make this weekend about program to finalize that. And I'm going to have to start rehearsing with the other people involved and all of that's going on as well. Uh, man, I just don't really have much of an idea about what to talk about today. Um, you know, there's been a lot in the news uh, the last couple of weeks here in Japan about cults, uh, about the Mooney cult, for example, because there was, a, I talked about last week, I think, the murder of uh, Abe, could have been two weeks ago now, I don't remember. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, things about that, and what I'm starting to realize is that almost every denomination has some very uh, cult-like things involved with it, and the denomination I grew up in, I think, is probably toward the, I wouldn't say toward the severe side. I mean, there's, they don't tell people who they can marry and, and, you know, they don't require you to, to sell your land and give all your money to the church or anything like that. Uh, but there are some, some beliefs and practices that, that I would categorize as, as somewhat cult like for sure. Um, um, and now, for whatever reason, every time I hear music that I associate with um, the church that I grew up in, it does sound kind of cult-like. It kind of kind of gives me that icky vibe now, which is sad. I, I grew up in a in a 
tradition that loved music and loved singing and and it was almost half of what we did you know as far as what we would have considered important um, the way uh, the denomination decided to sing and um, you know the methods of, of um, corporate worship I guess is the best way to say that uh, well I, I don't even agree with that way of saying it but that's what everybody knows it as so that's fine but the way that we would worship and the way we would sing, which was a cappella with no instruments, four part harmony or more, uh, everybody singing, everybody participating, uh, it really is a beautiful thing. Um, and, you know, as a mu musician, I, I could see the beauty in it. And I know that it influenced me uh, and uh, my choices on becoming a musician and developing my voice and my ear uh, and my knowledge of harmony. Uh, the tr tradition that I came from had a lot to do with training me in music, uh, for sure. Uh, at least vocal music. Uh, and of course, you know, the rules of music do transfer between instruments and, you know, from voice to, to piano or guitar or whatever. So I think it's it's all applicable. But still, when I hear some of the, the music and the insistence on a cappella worship and, and the, the, the way that they would justify, uh, not only justify, but uh, the scriptures that they would quote in order to, uh, I say them, me too, like I, I, I used to tow the party line as well, um, to, to try to browbeat into us that Acapella singing is the way that God wanted us to worship. That the Bible says that's what's right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of confirmation bias going on. Somebody in the beginning was very much against instruments, and so they came up with uh, biblical reasons uh, to support what they already believed uh, was the way things should be Uh, and that's all very cult-like to me, you know, this idea that things have to be just this way. If it's not this way, it's wrong. Uh, and and if you, you know, if you don't do it the right way, you're in danger of going to hell forever. You know, that kind of reasoning is to me uh, where my denomination started going towards the the cult. started acting like a cult and there's a, you know, there are other ways you know there are other things uh, but most of it to me has to do with the way that the founders of denominations have wielded the Bible in such a way as to control the population right to get everybody to do uh, what they thought that everyone should do and to me, that does lean towards the cult. Now, there are there are there are benign cults, uh, and there are malignant cults. I think there are, you know, I would say that in in most ways, my 
denomination was a benign cult. Um, as I said, they didn't really... There's a lot that... There was a lot of freedom, right? And you could be in the church or leave the church and pretty much nobody's going to physically ever do anything to you. Uh, there... But if, if you did leave the church, people would talk bad about you or, or you know, say things like, you know, you've gone off the deep end or uh, you've lost your faith or whatever just because you maybe decided to go to a different kind of church or, uh, you know, worship in a different way. Um, or take the week off or take a month off, God forbid, uh, from gathering with the uh, church. Um, and that's all very cult-like right? Um, the idea that your, your status depends on you um, obeying certain practices and beliefs in order to be accepted, right? Uh, man, this guy's all over the road. I don't know if they're old or what. They're driving fast and swerving all over. Uh, yeah, so, you know, there's a couple sites that I'm on. Actually, I think just one, maybe, that kind of is a support group for people who have noticed uh, cult-like tendencies uh, in the churches uh, that they go to, uh, specifically for the de denomination that I grew up in, which is Churches of Christ. Uh... Now, I will say that there have been some iterations of Churches of Christ that have been more cult-like than others. And some of them, I would say, were, were pretty darn, uh, pretty darn, pretty darn cult-like. Uh, and most of them kind of fizzled out, and some of them, quote-unquote, repented and got better. Um, I'm not sure that's the right word or not, but there's still a lot. And I think almost every religion has that. Right, and and I've talked about this before. A lot of that's because of the presence. What's the best way to say this? The the need, the need for money to be consistently flowing into the church. Uh, if money were not an issue, if money were not needed to support institutional Christianity, I think a lot of things would change. But the fact is money is needed for the buildings, for uh, the salaries, um, for all kinds of stuff, right? Insurance, for whatever. And that money needs to consist consistently come so that the church can plan better. But the problem is all of this, all of that system, that system of finances, that system of you know, we need a steady income, uh, is all the system of the world, right? Depending on the steady income, money steadily coming in. That's all just the world, the way the world does business, right? And so it's, it's the church playing, uh, playing the game by the world's rules, right? Instead of doing things like Jesus, it's decided to do things like the world. And what that means is, uh, own property, uh, have possessions, um, have a staff, right? 
have employees. Um, it's, it's a lot like a business. And the question always comes up, what business is your church in? Now, a lot of churches being very small and, and maybe in places of low population or, or having older, uh, I almost said clientele, but uh, older parishioners, um, members or whatever you want to call it, uh, they're struggling to pay their bills, to pay for their staff, uh, to keep the lights on. Uh, and and so for them, the business of that church, those churches are just survival. And I've gone to uh, a few churches like that where it's just about, you know, we're just trying to hang on. And I'd say the majority of churches I've gone to in my life have been those types of churches. Now, there, there have been, there has been one other church that I went to that was... Uh, what I would call uh, much healthier. Now I'm talking about in the way the world sees health, and that is lots and lots of people, no problem with salaries and things like that. Uh, just the opposite problems, right? Maybe not enough space for everybody. Uh, maybe way too many people in one place. And so they, had, they would have money, uh, but they may not, you know, they may need to build a big, bigger building, which means going into debt for a while. And, you know, there are all kinds of other problems that come up. But, but, but basically, institutional church seems to be in the business of sustaining institutional church by whatever means necessary. That's what it seems to be. It seems to be running by the rules of the world and, and not by uh, following the way of Christ. Uh, yeah, this is really judgmental and yeah, I'm generalizing and, and you know, maybe I'm a little biased. And all those things are probably true, but it doesn't mean I'm wrong. You know, it doesn't mean that, that what I'm saying is wrong. Uh, and, you know, make your case. If you think institutional church is in the business of doing something else, uh, is in the business of following Christ, is in the business of uh, expanding the kingdom of God, um, then, you know, you may have a different way of uh, explaining those things than I do. And that's perfectly fine. That is your prerogative. Doesn't mean I have to see it. Doesn't mean I do see it. So, yeah. But you know, I'm 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 open to listen. I'm fine to to open up my ears and and I know there are a lot of churches that do good. Okay, that there are programs that do good. There are uh, addiction recovery programs. Uh, there are orf orphan and foster children programs. There are programs for widows. There are programs for refugees. Uh, there are programs to feed and clothe uh, the homeless. Uh, there are uh, all kinds of uh, shelters, right? Battered women shelters and all kinds of things that churches do. Um, and those things are good, period. Th those, those programs or at least the idea of those programs are good, 
I know that sometimes they may not work out well. But in general, it is good for the church to do those things. Um, that is the work of Christ, right? All those things. As well as medical missions, uh, disaster relief, um, all kinds of counseling, right? But the problem is, when we do those things, and then we also bring in our cult-like religion, uh, bring in our cult-like religious ways into doing those good things. And then it becomes this weird uh, kind of mix of, uh, you know, trying to help people, but also trying to get people to join our denomination, right? It becomes this, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Conflict of interest, I guess, is the best way to, to look at that or to talk about that. It seems to be a conflict of interest in many ways. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. You know, there's, there's just so much going on with that. And, and uh, there's so many things going on with me that are not good, right? Uh, I'm not, I struggle, you know, to, to follow the way of Christ. I struggle to, uh, to live my life by the golden rule or by the Beatitudes. It's a struggle, right? Um, it's difficult. Uh, it's something that, uh, does not necessarily come naturally, come natural to me. Yeah, so what in the world have I been talking about all this time? I kind of went off the deep end. Uh, now I've, you know, there was a time when I was, I left the institutional church and I was going to something called organic church or uh, easy, uh, easy is the wrong word, simple simple church or, you know, whatever. And we did that for a while and there were some, you know, growing pains and some things that happened here and there that, you know, from the uh, earthquake uh, to, um, you know, the group getting too big, so we had to split. And then the, you know, the, the uh, kind of rebuilding process after the split, which was tough. Um, and, you know, you have an ideal, when you start something like this, you have an ideal of how you think it's going to go. And we very rarely foresee the uh, struggles or the problems that are going to come up. Uh, and, and so we're not ready for them, you know. And so when COVID happened and we had to suddenly stop meeting, well, everything just has more or less fizzled out. Uh, and so now getting everybody back to a rhythm of, of meeting um, regularly is tough. Very tough. So I think I'm just gonna have to bite the bullet and uh, set a time set aside a time for uh, a weekly time that I'll just be available and whoever comes, comes. And we'll just, 
you know, start things again and we'll try to get things rolling and we'll just see how it works. I don't know what day of the week I'll do, but I've got, I've got time to do it. Uh, just finding the energy and, you know, um, finding, yeah, I think Friday night's probably going to have to be the best time, but. I know it's tough for some people, but I think that's for my family. That's the best time that we would be able to do it. Because Tomoko now is teaching four nights a week. Uh, I teach three nights a week. And Friday is basically the only night that we have uh, available right now where Tomoko's not really teaching. But I think I think it's something that's going to need to happen again. And I think, I think we'll go ahead and move that direction. Uh, I've probably been saying this for a year, though. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, but I don't know why we wouldn't be able to do it this Friday. You know, one of the other problems that has been going on is that Tomoko's dad, my wife's dad, has been going downhill, and he's living with us, and we're taking care of him. And he's basically an invalid now. He can't do... He can do almost nothing by himself. Now, once in a while, he'll remember how to use a wheelchair, and he'll go over and I think this happened last night he went over to the breakfast bar while nobody was watching and ate four bananas uh, he has he has no uh, no limit to the amount of food he can eat if it's set in front of him he will eat everything in his path uh, but usually he doesn't even figure out how to move the chair and he just sits and sits and naps and sleeps and doesn't move And uh, but he can't there's almost nothing he can do by himself or for himself. We're in 100%, more or less, 100% care uh, right now. And that's also made it difficult. Um, there's some very unpleasantness that, that goes with taking care of a person like that um, as much as we have to. And so, um, yeah, that's just what it is. I, mean, I don't know what else to, what else to make of it. But yeah, maybe we'll try to do something Friday nights, just get things going again, get back on track. Um, could be another night, but just my wife won't be able to participate. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. We shall see. So, yeah. Um, maybe I'll do a series on the Beatitudes. But anyway... Uh, I've, we're obviously not doing organic church or simple church now because of, you know, things and circumstances that happened. And I know a lot of you guys have experienced the same things. Maybe you stopped going to institutional church or, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you're going to an organic church and that stopped as well. And maybe you just haven't found your way back. And I think it's just, you know, it's just a matter of deciding what's important in this moment. Um, deciding, deciding to you know pray for a time and really figure out what's what direction would be best for the community to go in. Uh, whether that's staying away or or that's gathering, um, and then you know just just trying to make it happen, taking steps. Got to make a commitment to go to go for it. 
think I think we can do it you know I think we can all uh, get some you know re recover some rhythms that we've lost of life a lot of us continue to go to work and so that's not uh, a difficult thing to to that that wasn't affected because we had to we had to live now we just need to decide is gathering something we need for life uh, and I would argue that it is I would argue that it is it's something we need for life so yeah somebody in our community did have a baby this week which is great Michi and Michi and Yuichiro uh, had a little brother for Taro. I believe his name is Shintaro. So we have Shintaro, Taro, and Shintaro <laughs> are going to be the brothers. Yeah, rhythms. Rhythms, the rhythm of life. All right, well, uh, yeah, not sure if I got to a place that is uh, good or interesting or uh, pertinent. That word always sounds weird, pertinent. Relevant, maybe is a better word. But relevant or important to you. Uh, but I'm pretty sure we all lost some of the rhythms that, that were normal for us when COVID came uh, and some of that's good it's good to lose some of those rhythms and some of it maybe was bad um, yeah so yeah thanks for uh, listening you guys have a uh, wonderful evening or morning or afternoon whatever it is where you're at and uh, talk to you later bye bye <laughs>